Welcome to the weekly podcast, Stand Strong. I'm Paul White. And I'm Noah Dieselkamp. Together, we look to God's Word to find energy and encouragement to fuel our faith. When our trust in Jesus is firm, we'll be amazed what God can do and accomplish in our lives. So let's turn to the wisdom in God's Word, a true and trusted source that is going to help us stand strong. Let's dig in. Well, Paul, it's good to be back in here, uh, getting to have another discussion with you about the nature of God and His attributes and His characteristics, and and really specifically for our discussion, what we can learn about our everyday lives from His attributes and, and from what we know about God. And that's why we're focusing this first season on getting to know God better, is so that we can understand how His character influences our daily lives and ought to ought to change us. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's, let's dig in. Let's start talking about it. Uh, all right. Let's go for it. Last time we talked about God's power and his knowledge and his presence, you know, the big three omnis. And I wanted the discussion to go from there to faithfulness because I think that they really fit hand in glove together because God's faithfulness is supported by, it's enabled by his power and by his knowledge and his presence. If he didn't have those things, he wouldn't be able to be faithful in the way that Jehovah God is faithful, right? He, he might, maybe he'd be empathetic, but he'd be impotent. And that we know is not true. We know that we serve a very potent, powerful God. And so today I, I think it would be better for our discussion to, to go in the direction of his desire to be faithful, how his character and his nature and his desire is to be 100% faithful. Yes, that, that's what's encouraging to know that we're dealing with a perfect God who's always where he needs to be to always do what needs to be done 100% of the time, 100% reliable. Exactly, exactly. And again, that connects back to that discussion we had last time. It's important that we understand it is part of his nature to be faithful. He's the God that Paul talks about in Titus chapter 1 as the the God who cannot lie. It's against his nature to be untruthful and, and to be untrue. And understanding that that's part of his nature, a part of who he is, and it will not change which reminds me of another verse, the God who is unchangeable, that should have some impact on us to recognize, regardless of the things around us that change. We live in a world that's full of change. It moves at a breakneck pace, but God doesn't change and he cannot lie. So by his very nature, he's faithful. Right. You know, you're, you're talking about cannot change, God cannot change. The consistency to God, if I can use that term, I mean, if you just contrast that to the world in which we live, I mean, if you want to talk about something as trivial uh, as the weather, I mean, welcome to Texas. Uh, there's <laughs> nothing consistent about the weather in Texas. But on a deeper level, a more serious level, when you talk about faithful, we, we live in an age of unfaithfulness. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about marriages, that are falling apart, husbands and wives that are not keeping their vows and their promises. You could talk about parents with children, children with their parents, people in general, Yeah, you know, not being faithful. That's not our God. 
Yeah. And, you know, our God is faithful. And again, we're, we're referencing this about God, 100% reliable, 100% of the time. He doesn't fail, forget, falter. He never changes or disappoints. I think about Deuteronomy 7, Noah. I love that passage in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Know that the Lord your God, He is God. He's described as the faithful God who keeps covenant. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about God making covenant with His people, He's faithful in regards to that covenant. He always keeps His promise. We don't. We are faithless. But God is faithful. Yeah. And in those covenants, obviously, God's glory is first and foremost. But if we look at God's covenants with people throughout history, they are also for our benefit, for the benefit of his people. You, you can go all the way back to the garden. He put man in this perfect place and wanted to live with them. His relationship with them was for his glory, but also for their benefit. And we could go through the, through the different covenants of the Old Testament and the New Covenant. It's true today. He's faithful to good things. And that should bring a sense of relief and peace that God is faithful and he intends that for our good. It makes me think about James chapter 1, verses 16 and, and following, when James says, hey, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father, in whom there is no variation. So in that same context, we have God's desire to give good things and the fact that that is not going to change. There's no shadow of variation or change in him. So there's a lot of, a lot of peace and, and contentment that we can find in that. It's not always easy, right? but it's there. It's there for the taking in that sense. Right. When you talk about uh, how encouraging it is, I mean, it's a deep subject when you talk about deity. I mean, you get deep pretty quick, or I do. The encouragement that we get every time we talk about God and look at a particular attribute of God, it reminds us something about who He is. So when we're talking about His faithfulness, we connect His faithfulness to His promise or His promises. I mean, He keeps every one of them. Yeah. And if you think about how that affects us and impacts us each and every day, I, th I think about Psalm 89 and verse 9. O Lord God of hosts, who is like you, Almighty God? We've already referenced the, the Almighty, the power. Yeah. But He says, Your faithfulness also surrounds you. Your faithfulness surrounds you. Yeah. I mean, wherever God is, he is, and he, he's everywhere. We already talked about that. So is his faithfulness. Yeah. I mean, that, that you, you can't separate the concept about God will always do what needs to be done at just the right time. Right. You could even connect that to, in faithfulness you have afflicted me, is one of the Psalms. I think it's Psalm 119, 75. Yeah. In your faithfulness you have afflicted me. Yeah. Well, no one welcomes affliction. Right. But yet God afflicts us for our good. And the psalmist said, you did that in your faithfulness. Right. That is a really key point for us to understand about God's faithfulness. And it affects how we, how we live and how we view our lives. God's faithfulness is consistent, 100% consistent with his character. It, what you were just talking about reminds me of 2 Timothy chapter 2, because we, we like that last part. When we are faithless, he remains faithful. And, and so there's, there's comfort and confidence to be found that our failures and our imperfections make God no less powerful, no less perfect, no less 
faithful. But there's the line right before that. If we deny him, he also will deny us. And that is part of his faithfulness as well. Because if he, if he did not do that, he would not be faithful. He would not be 100% consistent in his character. And that's important for us to recognize. Yeah, you, you, you circled all the way back, Noah, to what we mentioned earlier, Deuteronomy 7, 9, about the faithful God who keeps covenant. But if you finish that passage in Deuteronomy 7, it says, with those who love him and keep his commandments. Right. So I, I like how you connected that there. So is there a so what to this? I mean, we, we didn't pick faithfulness just because it <laughs> randomly, let's put something in the hat and draw it out and it was right. faithfulness today. So what's the so what side? I mean, why why even talk about faithfulness? How, how does that motivate us, change us, encourage us? Yeah. Well, I think the, the place that I want to start when we talk about so what is, and I think we're going to run into this with a lot of the attributes of God. We have difficulty just from the get-go comprehending a perfectly faithful God because no one in our lives, including us, is perfectly faithful. And so even though we can look throughout history and we can see his perfect track record, we still feel like this can't be true. My family and I were on a walk recently and it got me thinking about this because my older son, my three-year-old, he likes being carried on my shoulders. But there came a time when he suddenly became aware of how high that was off the ground. And the feeling of being picked up and being put on the shoulders got him really nervous. And so he, he got really wary of doing that. And recently he, he said to me, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to fall when you pick me up. And I said to him, as I put him on my shoulders, I said, well, buddy, how many times have I dropped you? He said, none. And I said, I plan to keep it that way. <laughs> That's a really good example. Well, we identify with that, right? Right, right. We, we can look at the track record and we can see God's never dropped us. He's never dropped anybody. And yet we, we still identify with my three-year-old. I feel like you're going to drop me. And so when we talk about the so what, before we get into more of the details of, of the so what, I think it's important for us to recognize, just recognize this is difficult for us because we can't see this level of faithfulness anywhere else. And with my son, there could come a day where I would drop him. Right. Not so with our God. Right. I mean, you make a very valid point. I mean, sometimes we can get, I can get jaded because we're, we live in a world of unfaithfulness. Even the best of people disappoint. Yeah. falter or fail. We don't mean to, we don't intend to, but even the best of us, self-included, we we just, we're less than perfect. Right. Well, I just stated the obvious, didn't I? But <laughs> when you talk about even some very challenging points in our lives, I mean, I think about when we suffer for doing right or do good. I mean, that, that was what was going on in the time of the Apostle Peter uh, when he was writing to Christians who were suffering. And the reason they were suffering is because they, they were doing what was right. Right. They were faithful to the Lord, and because of that, they were suffering. Peter makes this point in 1 Peter 4 and verse 19 with regards to those who are suffering for doing good. He says, entrust your souls to a faithful creator. And that, that's such an encouraging thing that we need to hear is when I live in a fallen world and I'm mistreated by those of this fallen world, what I need to go to is the fact that I can commit myself and my daily choices to my God who is faithful. Right. I can rely on Him, depend upon Him. He will be enough. He will carry me through. 
He won't ever falter or fail. Absolutely. It reminds me of what James says in James chapter 5, that he says, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. And what he's pointing to in that context, he points to the prophets and to Job, and he says, we consider them blessed because they remain steadfast. But then he says, you know the purposes of the Lord and that he is compassionate and merciful. And so he connects those ideas that we can remain steadfast even in the face of trial, and we ought to remain steadfast even in the face of trial because God blesses those who do. When I'm thinking about so what's for this type of a for this type of a discussion about God's faithfulness, on a very basic level, God is faithful to provide for us and to sustain us. I was recently reading in the Psalms, and in Psalm 3, David says in verse 5, I lay down and slept, I woke again for the Lord Jehovah sustained me. And the context of that psalm, to be fair, is David on the run from his son Absalom. And we can think of it in that context. Oh boy, you know, I went to bed and I woke up the next morning. I wasn't killed by my son last night. The Lord sustained me. But if we if we just limit it to that kind of a, con- that desperate kind of a context, we're missing the greater principle here about God's faithfulness. God is our creator. He is our sustainer. He is our provider. And so when we go to bed each night, we kind of just take for granted that we're going to wake up the next day. When in reality, when we wake up the next day, we ought to be thinking what David says here, God is the provider of all things and especially those things that we take the most for granted. And just think about if you take that to bed with you at night, a knowledge of that and understanding of that, how, how that just strengthens you, but you get up the next day and you got to live life all over again. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but for me, starting out a day and living life all over again, man, I can get in my own way. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. And, you know, we, we don't start the day, most of us, surely don't start our day thinking about, okay, how can I fail today? How can I let God down? How can I let my family <laughs> down? But we yeah. live in a fallen world. We're surrounded by sin. Yeah. I mean, we are vulnerable at, at times. And one of the sides about God's faithfulness that encourages me is that when I messed up in life or made a mess of my life, to, to think about God's faithfulness in regards to forgiving us. Yeah. I mean, John in 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, so no doubt about it, there needs to be a confession of the sin. But John says, listen, when we do that, he's faithful. Yeah. He's faithful just to forgive us of our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. From all. You, you know, you think, okay, well, well, but my sin was this last week or my sin was that last month. Well, no matter what the sin is, the, the promise is I will cleanse you. I will forgive you each and every time. Yeah. Come to me with it. Uh, lay it before me with a humble, penitent heart, and you can depend on me every time. I wonder how many times, you know, without trying to read somebody else's mail, how many times that we think, oh, man, I'm going to go to this person and ask for forgiveness, but they're probably going to be resistant to that. I'm not so sure that they're going to be willing to say, you know what, I forgive you. Right. But that's not God. Yeah. That's not God. And so, you know, you like you said with that, the Lord sustains me. You end the day with that, and you wake up in a new day and say, hey, I, I can rely on my God today. Yeah, I can rely on Him to forgive me when I fail. And there's also the, even before that, we can rely on God to help us keep us from those spiritual failures, 
right? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we can, we can think of the first Corinthians 10, 13, he's going to provide the way of escape. And that's important on a couple levels. One, there's the challenging level of when we mess up, it's not on God and thank God that he's faithful to forgive us. But there's also that first Corinthians 10 passage should also be teaching us gratitude and thankfulness for his faithfulness in those areas, but also a dependence. When we're faced with temptation and trial, if we depend on ourselves, yeah, well, yeah, we're going to fail. <laughs> yes. We're, we're going to fail in those areas. We should be taught a dependence on God because, and here's maybe one of the most difficult things, especially for those of us, you know, that have grown up in a, a Western culture that's very individualistic very self-supported uh, and, and self-initiated. He is more faithful than we are to our own good. He is more faithful than we are. When we're faced with temptation, he provides the way of escape, not us. We have to depend on him, not ourselves. I read this some time ago, Noah, and so it made its way into several of my Bibles in the margin Really like this, the author said, God not only is faithful to keep his promise, but he is faithful to guard his people. You know, and that was what you were talking about from the first Corinthians 10 that connects to second Thessalonians three, uh, verse three, the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. I mean, he keeps his promise. He cannot lie. We talked about from Titus one, but he's, he's always faithful to guard his people. Yeah. And I may not understand, in fact, I don't understand, you know, exactly how he guards me from the evil one, my enemy, Satan, but he does. Yeah. It's, it's that maybe it's connected to that providing the way of escape. I mean, I have to look for it. I have to be willing to take it. I mean, I have to trust God that he's going to be faithful to what he says he will do to guard me from the evil one. But again, you know, starting my day, and I know I battle sin from time to time, but also starting my day, the devil's always out to get me. And there is an awareness when I start my day that my God is faithful. He's got this. Yeah. You know, my son used to say, he's got this. He's right. got this, which is <laughs> so true and so encouraging to know, you know, God is for me. Mm-hmm. He, he walks with me, and he's always faithful to protect his people. We can see that. I know I've used this term already. We can see that track record. He's faithful to protect his people. It makes me think of Hebrews 11. We have the, the list of those who, in faith, you know, served God. And one of the things that we see in Hebrews 11, he says, these all died not having received the promise, but we know that God is faithful. They knew that God was faithful. And so we're in the company of those who God has preserved and protected and provided for, for years and years. And he will continue to do so long after we're gone. If he's allowing this earth to continue, his faithfulness continues beyond us. So maybe this is a good point, Noah, to just kind of come full circle, shift this back to, you know, you talked about those in Hebrews 11 who had not received the promise, but by faith, they trusted in God who would keep his promise. That promise was eternal life, everlasting life. You know, that's yeah. kind of where we started with the Titus 1 and hope of eternal life, which God promised who cannot lie. Right. So his truthfulness, his changelessness, he is consistent to keep his promise. That's what continually strengthens our faith is because 
If faith is the substance of things hoped for, if, if faith is what undergirds our hope, then our hope will not disappoint because it's rooted in the very promise and nature, the character of God. He cannot lie. Yeah. So you and I haven't received the promise yet, but we ought to live as though we've already received it. Right. It's God's sure. Promise. It's sure. It's sure. And so that, that for me, my hope is extremely, extremely strong because it's, it's rooted in the character of God who cannot lie. Amen to that. Well, Paul, I've really enjoyed this conversation and this discussion today, and I hope and pray that anyone that's listening in will have benefited from it and have enjoyed it as well. We're just trying to get closer to God, to get to know Him better, and to stand strong in His Word and in His Spirit. Yes. Well, when you're talking about God, you, you, you can't talk about a better subject. You just can't connect yourself to something other than the fact that, that God is for us, He is not against us, and we just want to get to know Him better. No, we talked about, so Lord willing, we're going to talk about His holiness next time. And one of the things just to share with people to be thinking about before our next podcast about God's holiness, sure, there's a sense in which we need to look at God's holiness and then look at ourselves and say, I need to live this kind of a life. Right. I mean, be holy for I am holy. And we'll talk about that separation uh, from sin, and also a dedication and devotion to God. But before you ever deal with that aspect of holiness, I want us first to look at God. When we say He is holy, in fact, He's referred to, His name is referred to as a holy name more than anything else, right. His holy name. Uh, when you talk about God being holy, I just think about that song, There is none like Him, none can compare. Yeah. No God is equal, no prince is there. I mean, there's there's no one like our God. There's nothing yeah. common about God, and we'll talk about that when we when we dig into the concept of God being holy. Okay, well, that sounds excellent. I'm looking forward to that for sure. I am too. Well, thank you, Noah, for today, and thank all of y'all for listening and tuning into this. And until next time, we just want you and encourage you as we encourage ourselves to stand strong. Thanks for joining us in God's Word today. We hope you'll continue to join us each week as we consider how to deepen our faith in God. Here's some good news today and even this week. With God as our foundation, we know that we can stand strong. 